in pubs podcast and my name is liam bird and i hope you're all well and have a smile on your face if you don't uh, i'm sorry uh, what's up do you want to have a chat or why not call that person that you've been meaning to call for a long time i think his name's michael is it michael i don't know whoever his name is or her name is go give them a call they might put a smile on your face or go watch big mouth on netflix you do you has anyone actually seen big mouth on netflix if you haven't fuck me it's good it is so smart it is one of the best adult cartoons in the world and that's right i am a 35 year old man still watching adult cartoons get over it anyway you haven't dug out this podcast from literally millions of other podcasts to listen to me talk about netflix recommendations there are literally millions of other podcasts that do that but if you do want to hear me talk about netflix recommendations hit me up on twitter I'll uh I'll hit you with my top five Netflix things. I won't. You are here to listen to episode 25. And who is on episode 25? I hear you shout. Well, you impatient fuck. Episode 25 is me in a brewery in Leighton, East London. That's right. A brewery. Go big or go home, kids. I was at the Signature Brew Brewery. Try saying that when you're pissed. Where I was talking to one of the founders, Sam McGregor. The other being Tom Bott. For some reason, I found that name hilarious at the time, which you will find out in the interview. I don't know why, Tom. I'm, I apologize in advance. Your name's not that silly. Tom Bart, it's fine. Why did I go to Leighton to talk to Signature Brew? What have they got to do with punk, I hear you murmur? Well, Signature Brew is not only ran by a lovely group of people who happen to love punk and ska, it also has a real punk ethos in its core, as you will hear in the podcast when we're talking about zines and music and branding and marketing. The brewery also plays its part in supplying and creating beer for some of the biggest and best punk festivals up and down the UK, like Slam Dunk, Manchester Punk Festival, as well as Art Tangent and 2000 Trees. But it's probably best known for creating collaborated beers with artists that we would consider punks, like Frank Turner, The Skints, The Whole Steady, Slaves, Melancholy, Mastodon, Heck, and Enter Shikari. So what can you expect from our chit-chat? Well, you will quickly discover that I know fuck all about beer, and unsurprisingly sam knows a lot we discuss cracking open warm breakfast beers at festival and also how the u.s beer sierra nevada was a game changer for sam we also talk about a brewery that tried to copyright the word punk Brewdog. we talk about the good and the bad we don't just talk about beer we also discover sam's other love apart from beer ska music as well as the role of a trumpet player in a ska band a role that is close to sam's heart lastly we talk about punk bands that have already played a part 
in what Signature Brew have done in their collaborative roles and how much input these bands actually have in creating their beer. I also asked Sam what other bands he would like to work with in 2019. You'll also hear me make up completely new words because I'm a grammar clown. Stick around after the chat because I will also explain to you how you can actively get involved with the rise of Signature Brew in the future, apart from just keep buying their beer. As always, your band plays out the podcast and this week's band are hailing from San Diego, California, and they are called Watashiwa Dance Party. But before that, there is this. People of the world, I present to you episode 25 of Punks in Pubs with Signature Brew's Sam McGregor. Talk to you in a bit. rather in a calf bar backstage but I've never done one in a brewery and today we are in a brewery so if you hear the humming and clanging and of a working brewery that is because we are at Signature Brewery in front of me is Sam McGregor hello, hello. how are you doing Sam yeah good can I just ask you to pull the mic there you go a bit better like that yeah sorry man I was actually standing nah. on your mic as well no worries this is a, a first for me doing one uh, in a brewery we did one in a bottle bar Ghost Whale oh yeah no. uh, uh, the place guy. great yeah and they had a some of your beers, is I think, on Alex? display. Yes, Alex from Holy Raw. Good place, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice place. So that's probably the closest I've been to a brewery. It's, it's not a, a brewery, it's a bottle yeah. bar. But. Do you mean, are you, are you a big big drinker? Uh, or do you like your beers? dangerous drinking. Uh, see, I'm not I'm not good with names. So if someone said, oh, can I get you a beer? I'd be like, yeah, just get me. I'll go like an IPA or something like that. Yeah. But if someone was like, oh, what kind of IPA? I'm done. Like, right, at okay. that point, I get a bit confused and I'm like, uh, a nice one okay to answer your question no really right. okay you just, you just like what you like <laughs> exactly well yeah like there's certain beers I'm enjoying at the moment but I wouldn't say like I, I wouldn't put myself in the league of like Alex whereas right. he's obviously so passionate about it he's opened up his own beer place <laughs> obviously you're so passionate about it you've opened up your own brewery so we'll talk about that in a sec I wanted to kind of talk about how Actually, no. You know, let's, let's, let's do the, the backstory first, because then people okay. are like, get a better understanding. So how did Signature Brew start then? Okay, so um, I set Signature Brew up in 2011, uh, just because I was not satisfied. And, you know, I was annoyed. And Are we allowed to swear? Am I going to swear? Fuck him, man. <laughs> I just got sick of drinking shit beer, basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, everywhere I went, I used to be in a band, and I used to be I was a tour manager for a while, and and hired out vans and did all these and then eventually got like a normal sort of 9 to 5 music industry job uh, doing uh, digital marketing um, and everywhere I went there was just shit beer everywhere and even where you'd go to places where there'd be bands who had infinity amounts of you know fancy spirits or champagne or whatever the beer would always be shit and and that's something that's still a big problem today but what is shit beer? You got, you so got... my, for me like I think you know people kind of paint paint broad strokes and say okay macro mass produced industrial beer is shit Mm -hmm. and some breweries make that their byline and I think that's not that's on the whole is pretty accurate but also it's about choice 
and being forced to drink a terrible beer that you don't <laughs> like is is also bad. So you go you go to a you go to um a big venue, a music festival and you're being forced to drink something that you probably wouldn't normally buy for a, probably an inflated price. Yeah. Um and I think that's that's as much of part of the problem for for me as as the actual quality of the beer. Um but most people just bitch about it, not start their own brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just had the idea to start the you know, how can we fix this problem was the the th- the problem. And we were like, what can we do about it? So we got together with some bands and we're like, well, let's make some beers with some bands. And Have you ever done beer before? Like, you ever like homebrewed or? Yeah, I mean, I'd done a little bit of homebrewing and I was I was passionate about beer before and I was, I, you know, I knew my, I knew more, I'm not as much now as I do now, but, you know, I was still into beer yeah. at the time. And, and that's obviously why I was frustrated. And anyone who even likes anything beyond a Tuborg, Red Stripe, anything of that kind of entry level, not very great. <laughs> flavorful beer knows that that that's not that's not that all all that's available so um but yeah set the company up with my cousin who um he was uh, trained in a brewery um as a brewer uh his name's tom tom bot and sorry his name's tom bot tom bot yeah tom bot yep (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah um yeah sometimes forget that it can be funny (laughs) his best friend's called sam cock (laughs) <laughs> just just a weird thing of life um, but yeah uh, got together with him and we set the company up uh, together and yeah we just sort of thought well let's make some beers with some bands I knew some bands yeah. um, and that's where it kind of started from really um, and that was that was the first couple of years we just went from band to band from artist to artist making beers for them getting them into their venue getting them into their tours where they're playing getting them out to their fans and we were like well yeah we're solving the problem you know you can go to a music venue now and you can have this nice pale ale or this IPA or this you know interesting new style lager whatever it was at the time and they had signature brew on the on the tops of the um, on the tops of the bottles yeah but what was happening was we weren't really gaining any momentum for what Signature Brew was, which was, you know, bringing great beer and music together. So uh, after we'd been doing that for... So, yeah, so we did that for a, couple, for a year, so it kind of took off. We quit our jobs, went full-time with it, and we did it a bit, a bit more, kind of just doing artist collaboration beers, and then we were like, we'll probably need to just have a core range of beers and start behaving a bit more like a normal brewery. Yeah. And we also probably worth saying we didn't have any... We didn't have a brewery at all at the beginning so we were brewing at other people's places we were going around uh, borrowing people's equipment um, letting people you know blagging people to let us make beer at their places um, all kind of different sizes so who was allowing you to use their breweries then? Um, so we we worked I think it's probably up to about 10 over the years different breweries oh, really? and all kinds of different sizes as well so um, so you, you would rent uh, yeah kind of it's called um, Cuckoo Brewing okay um, Gypsy Brewing is also sometimes what it's called and yeah, you go into a place and you use all their equipment and use their spare capacity to create beers yourself and then you just kind of buy the whole lot and then you can sell them. Um, and we had various different arrangements going on. It was kind of complicated, but we launched the core range in uh, 2013, 2014. And then after that, that started to continue to, to sort of grow and take off a bit more. And we were like, right, we need our own brewery. Yeah. Uh, so in 2000 end of 2014 start of 2015 we did some crowdfunding and uh, we used that money to build this place here 
and that now it's grown from one sort of unit into three over the last couple of years um, and it's grown from just me and Tom to now there's 15 people who work here and yeah we're making more beer than ever and yeah we're still trying to grow so so that step of going from this is just a hobby essentially because we this is something that we want to do and then making that step of holy shit now this is our job and now we've employed people and if this goes wrong like people <laughs> are now out of a job like making that step must be a bit weird I know you come from a world of music so it's kind of like a band quitting their job and going full time and hiring roadies and hiring crew like hmm. how was it must be quite surreal because I don't think there's many people who make that jump of I've, I've got a safety net of a 9 to 5 job but now I'm going it alone like what worries were were in your head at the time have there any been have there been a point where we've gone we've taken on too much what the fuck have we done <laughs> um I think I always thought there'd be this big moment of like, oh yeah, we've we've done it. We we <laughs> you know, we've gone we've gone full time and it, it it was kind of gradual in a weird way. Um but what were the worries? Yeah, the worries were that it wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know, it, we did loads of I mean, we did loads of stuff that we didn't we didn't have big backing. We didn't have any backing. I just had a couple of thousand pounds that I'd saved up and just used that to buy one batch of beer basically at the beginning so it was always very hand to mouth and we made some stupid decisions we did some loads of stuff that that kind of if we'd had it all preformed as it is now in our minds at the beginning we wouldn't have made certain decisions God give us at least one stupid oh, man, decision we may this is probably bad isn't it to put it on the internet or <laughs> onto into the ether forever yeah, we made yeah we made some beers for some people who we probably wouldn't have yeah. otherwise, like corp- corporate-y things um, that didn't have our name on, but we brands that we definitely wouldn't want to associate with because it was it was you know it was okay money and we just we were kind of in a position that we needed to do things like that. So the band, so the brand would push your beer as their own? No, 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 no. We would like make like a beer for a, a corporate brand yeah. that they could just buy off us. Oh, okay, got you. You know, yeah. and I think we did, like, a wedding beer for somebody one time and just stuff like that that we just wouldn't do now. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't it kind of fit into the brand, doesn't really make sense, but we're just doing it to make money. So, um, but, yeah, I think that's one of the things that's quite quite difficult to see uh, from from a consumer point of view is is which breweries have massive backing. Because lots of people turn up to the party now. They've seen the craft beer be exploding over the last five years and they've just turned up with their... With shitloads of money and sweet, amazing breweries, and maybe not too many ideas about how to use them or or, or even around a brand or whatever it should be. And I always think that, like, I mean, there's millions of parallels, and we could probably spend the whole day doing just music and beer parallels. But you know, um, there's a band who, are, who are one of my favourite bands, who, who we made a beer with uh, this year, a band called Lightyear. Yeah. And there's a there's a lyric in one of the songs, and it talks it talks about like the bands the bands that pay their way onto tours. That cheated themselves and cheated the floors that they never slept on, and it's like when when I was in a when I was in a shit scar band, there were bands who just pay on to tours. You know, so and so had big backing. They were and big bands were like, well, we can take a, we can take a support band out with us for you know that we like, or we can just accept money. So mm-hmm. we just get you know what I mean, and 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 it sometimes just feels like that. Like you you're working really hard and you kind of just see people taking shortcuts. Um and yeah it's just I mean I don't think people on the consumer end on the drinker end can tell yeah. but 
it's frustrating sometimes, you know. And it's you know, I'll never under no under no illusions that anything's meant to be fair. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, and you know, and I'm 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 sure I've had my fair share of helping hands and stuff like that too. So dangerous of being uh, hypocritical, but but yeah, I just uh, sort of tailed off there. I guess I'm just trying to make well, a no, point because no, your point your point is valid. Like when, like you said, there are people who do get a helping hand up, and it sounds like you guys have not. You guys have you've put in your funding and something that I think you've done well is like you said you, you knew people in the music industry and you were smart enough to go well okay my name probably is not big enough right now but this other band's name is mm. so therefore if we can work with them we can contribute each other and move forward so that's quite smart marketing and business like from the off mm. because um, who was the first band you worked first, with? the first band we worked with was uh, The Rifles The Rifles yeah so um, is, is that the case that you were friends with them and you were like hey I've got this idea yeah just I think I just got introduced to them because we were working with I think it was uh, their book their tour their booking agent mm. was working with a different band that I was working with at the time and they were like, oh yeah, what you know? We were kind of we were trying to work with some bands, and we talked. You know, we put the word out there that we were going to do this, and yeah, they just came back and we met up with them, and they were well up for it, and yeah, we just kind of went from there, really. Yeah, we've kind of got quite a long list of like bands who I'm proud to say that say that we've worked with. So. <laughs> I wanted to um, touch on your own musical taste because what I like to do normally if I'm talking to an artist I would talk to them about how they got into music and who, who introduced them to music mm. what I like to do with you is can you remember your first beer listening to a, a record or seeing a gig and if you remember what it was well I th- one of the I remember um, like trying to be discerning about beer when I was like I think I was like 16 17 yeah. and we were going to Reading Festival and is that when it was Carling Reading Festival yeah it was, yeah, it was yeah. I think it was, that was Carling Reading Festival until fairly fairly recently and we we basically bought all of the cheap lager that you could buy or we bought one can of each we were like which one of these beers tastes okay at room temperature <laughs> <laughs> so and uh and you I think, need to know when you crack them open in the morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's like I'm not going to have any cold beers. So, so yeah, um, I remember doing that when I was really, uh, really young. But um, for me, I mean, it's a bit of a cheesy cliche one, but Sierra, Sierra Nevada Pale, like when you could first get that in the UK, um, probably it's probably about twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah, um, that was a big deal, big deal for me. Um, I just remember thinking, this is like, this is a different this is a game changer <laughs> um, and kind of that that journey of kind of hops and stuff that that people go down 
yeah, there was other beers um, that you could kind of get. Like early days, you could you could get Dogfish Head in the UK a little bit. Now you can't really. Um, and that was a big brewery that affected me when I was first kind of learning about beers. But I mean, you know, for for I mean, I don't want to talk about um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Brewdog really well there's a question okay um yeah yeah, um we're actually actually there's members of the brew dog bar soho in the brewery at the moment because we're brewing a collaboration beer with them at the moment today (laughs) um and for all of the positive and negative things that you can say about them um being able to get like a crazy hoppy beer from a supermarket and that was yeah that was 10 years that was 10 years ago i think that was 2000 and uh 2007 2008 they just started they got a big supermarket contract right out of the gate and, and I think it really made it accessible to people you know you could just go you, you know, I was in the supermarket and I was like wow punk well, I like punk yeah, yeah. What, what, what's this yeah. you know in the beer aisle and um, the proper name the proper name in commas proper name for the, the 500 mil you know I don't want to be mean old man kind of ales are called premium, premium bottle premium bottle ales and uh, and you know you kind of have those like fusty ferret and old speckled hen and those ones and you know I always thought they were all right you know like those um, there was breweries who were kind of pushing the envelope a little bit a bit be- a bit before Brewdog kind of like Thornbridge um, a Titanic Brewery in the Midlands. Um, and yeah I'm not really answering the, the fucking questions am I <laughs> well, you, you're clearly going on your own path so yeah, I yeah. Like um, this is rubbish this is a rubbish I'm a, I'm a rubbish guest <laughs> not um, at all. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think about yeah my my, uh, my journey I guess. well you said that you were in a ska band and a, and a yeah. beer that is associated with ska and reggae is obviously Red Stripe is something that kind of you, you think of a beer that goes with that musical genre is that what got you into ska? That was my tedious length, by the way. Yeah, no, so, no. So nice. you were in a ska band. I mean, was that your first love? Is that your first introduction to the idea of like punk ska? Was it? Was it like less than Jake's and a real big fish? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I mean, you probably would know better than me, but I, I'm still trying to find out the mystery of why people don't like ska punk. Why people? Why it's got? Why it's got, why it's got like a negative um, thing attached to it? I mean, because no one's got a sense of humour. The way that I see it, I, I see like. If you're going to go to a real big fish fan and you're looking for like the most meaningful music, then go somewhere else. You're not going to get it. But if you just want a, a fun time, then go watch a real big fish gig. Like, yeah. I yeah. St- I've watched them too many times to remember. I probably know their playlist better than most. But every time I go there, I come out smiling. It's a laugh. Yeah. It's- I mean, for me, I mean, I can remember that one probably even clearer than than the beer stuff. Is uh, I think I was about. 14, 15, Goldfinger was had Superman on, uh, Tony Hawks and uh, Beer. I think it was Beer. Uh, Ruby Fish was on yeah. FIFA '96. Yeah, and I was just like, "What is this?" And Offspring was on Taxi Driver. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, you know, you go to school and talk to Alison Jake, and then I just went down that that road really. And then, but then I really got into kind of UK UK ska punk. So bands like Lightyear, Jesse James. Um, a bit later, like Adequate Seven bands like that, and um, yeah. Cap Down ever and oh yeah, just Cap, because Cap, Reading Cap for Down me for sure is Cap, like absolutely Cap Down Central. Whenever Red, whenever Cap Down played Reading Festival, yeah, yeah, you guarantee is going to fucking go off. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. Cap Down. I'm really pleased to include in Signature Brew Drinkers. You know they they're well into uh, well into our beers, which is you know still a bit surreal for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Captain Everything. You know, like I was into that kind of household name sort of yeah. 
scene and stuff. And then, yeah, I was in a kind of ska punk band in my hometown. Um, what were they called? I was in, the first one I was in was called Five Quid Short. Yeah. Um, played played trumpet. And we didn't really get pa- out past our kind of local area. And then after that, I joined another band called Grown at Home. Okay. Who we were... We uh, had like the same booking agent as some of those bands I just mentioned, and we started doing proper tours and we went on tour with Howard's Alias, and that was our first kind of UK tour. And then we went round, did you know, we did um, Foodie Glow Schools and American bands. We went on tour with RX Bandits, um, who, yeah, RX Bandits are an amazing band as well, yeah, just and did that sort of for quite a few years. So, who introduced that kind of music to you? Was it something you found yourself, or was yeah, it? It was, it was, it was literally like. I remember the first of when I first joined a band I was I was 15 and I was working on a my dad had like a sandwich shop and I was working on this stall in our kind of shopping center selling sandwiches where was that where, in, where? I'm from Stafford Stafford okay yeah and uh and I saw a guy with a Lesson Jake t-shirt on and I was just started chatting to him and they were like yeah we're in a band it was like a it was like a fucking tv show <laughs> the, the whole thing was like a sitcom type thing and they were like yeah we're in a band too we're looking for and I was like I can play the trumpet and then just kind of managed to get in the blag in the band and just went from there really so would you like classically trained as a trumpet player um to a point i think and then i'd kind of lapsed a little bit but i mean now you're like two years and three years seem like not very long but from having stopped playing the trumpet to 13 to 15 yeah that seemed quite a long time when i was 15 (laughs) but yeah i mean i still would not claim to be any good I play so, I play trombone now, but um, oh, okay. I swapped over when there was too many too many trumpet players <laughs> around. <laughs> I've always been intrigued. A trumpet player when they're playing in a band, usually at the side, and you can't come in until your parts there, but you gotta like dance around. Yeah, like you, you need to get into it, and especially if you've heard that song quite a few times. Did you ever like dance to different music in your head? Going, I'm not here. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, you just kind of <laughs> you you know you watch bands you know Big D in the kids table. Like you know, you're talking about like don't know where where serious music is in. The, I guess that's why people don't. Yeah, why people don't like ska punk. But bands like the heavier stuff, kind of heavier end of ska, um, uh, like Big D and the Kids Table. Like all the horn players are getting involved, doing backing vocals, and you know you just kind of you know you're just part of it, part of the whole the whole band. So did you ever did you smash out the vocals? Are you a vocalist? Um, that had had my moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm not going to make you sing anything. No, please, please. Uh, <laughs> links available at the end of the. <laughs> so, um, am I right in saying you started your own label as well for a while? Yeah, we had me and the drummer from um, from the band I was in and growing at home, a guy called Bob Barrett. And we had a record label called Cash for Pigs Records, and we just set it up to release our own music, and then we released a few other bands. Um, back in the day but nothing kind of really came came of it but it was you know it was fun to kind of learn the ropes of how to put music out and yeah. how to kind of create a record and it was kind of like a like a bedroom project really but yeah but did you get any of that education bring its way into the brewing because obviously you still you know what you're looking for for like if you go and see some so say if you go to a bar and you enjoy beer and you like the taste same if you go to a gig and you see a uh, a band and you go I like that I like that sound I like that mix is that something that's I might be putting words in your mouth and trying to um, push the link a bit too much Um, I, I mean I like I guess the the bits that that are relevant are the idea that 
you know, you've, you've actually got to kind of create something and yeah. release it and get it in front of somebody. So the bit where you're sort of cho- the choosing the band bit would be kind of creating the beer and, you know, you're kind of creating creating something. I think when, when bands, when labels put out records, it's a bit like a collaboration. Depends on, obviously, the different people involved, but it's a bit like if you put out an uh, album on Fat Rec, Fat Mike's going to have some sort of say and, and involvement in the record yeah. with you. And there's sort of a collaboration in that way, so kind of you know tenuous, I suppose, but but view it a bit like that. So we put out, we put out, you know, we we've got a band, we get a band in here, and we kind of creating some beers, and you know, we've got an idea of how we want it to go and how we think it should work, and they bring their ideas, and kind of us having the kind of more experience of releasing beers than a random band would <laughs> uh, we kind of guide guide them that process but I guess that's the similarity there but no yeah I've not done that one before that's good but let's talk about the, the bands who have been part of Signature Brewing who you've worked with sure. I, I have to read it because you're quite a few but the bands that I'm interested in are the ones that actually a lot of your bands that you've worked with have, could easily sit in this podcast so like Frank Turner is someone who's always already had a part in this podcast uh, Slave Skints uh, Melancholy Heck Lightyear and uh, my local band and Shikari just yeah. down the road in St Albans uh, well Harpenden uh, <laughs> just to name a few so how is that you working with the record labels or is that bands approaching you and going hey I've seen what you've done with these other bands how how can we get involved um, every single time we've created one it's almost been a different journey each time of how to kind of how it's came around um, so I think um, and Shikari for example came through I think it was like the guy who was making that merch at the time hmm. and we just had a mutual contract contacts and then we just ended up meeting them and and you know came came good friends with them and just went from there and created the beer um, I'm trying to remember Frank Turner yeah it kind of always starts with like a sit down and you know chat and and then go from there really did so. Frank tell you what his favourite beer was by the way I found out on my podcast um, I can't remember he probably did cause light oh right yeah he's, he's, re- <laughs> he's regressed <laughs> I mean he's a big he's a big whiskey guy yeah. and we, we thought we were going to go down that road but we actually created I mean at the, that was really early days for us you know that was in 2012 and I would love to you know we've, we're seven years we've been going seven years uh, in a couple of months a couple of weeks and um We've, I've always wanted to do like a project where we bring loads of the beers back, and and the beer we created with Frank Turner was actually quite an interesting style. It was a it was a wheat beer. It's the proper name style is Crystal Weissen, so it's like a clear wheat beer. Yeah, and um, and that's like a really quite an unusual style. And like lots of people, wheat beer is a bit of a you know kind of marmite thing for a lot of people. But I, I I'm a massive wheat beer fan, and and it's I think it's massively underrepresented in the UK beer scene because who knows why and it was cool that we we tried to do that and, and anyway I'd love to go back and revisit all these beers and just say right let's 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 take all the stuff we've learned for the last 5 6 years you know we're much better at brewing now than we were 5 or 6 years ago and let's kind of re reinvent these ideas do you not keep like a a stash of all the old beers that you've done yeah yeah i mean but they're horrible cause they're <laughs> <laughs> because they're 5 6 years old like yeah. you know now with some of our hoppier beers we don't the the best before date is like three four months because we want it we want them to be drunk fresh yeah we want people to experience them when they're at their beat at their peak and a lot of the beers that we've made with bands 
tend to be kind of more lower ABV kind of paler beers which don't don't stand the test of time we don't filter the beers we don't do anything like that so we don't add anything in to make them last longer so um, yeah I think I've got a bottle of I've, I'll probably find one for you but I've, yeah I've probably got a bottle of uh, Frank Turner believe, believe somewhere around and uh, yeah I wouldn't want to open it <laughs> <laughs> so how much input did the guys actually have then yeah in, t- in tons yeah. yeah every time every time we've we've created a beer with a band or, or or a single artist I've kind of had in my head like pre we'll cut this cut this out cut this out <laughs> think of the word um you know ideas going in or preempted ideas yeah like kind of yeah I don't know if that's the word if that's the word if, yeah I've if got it's a word it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I've already I've already got an idea of what I think it's going to be yeah and, it ne- and it's never that if you know what I mean so. do, you, do you go though by sound so like say Heck for instance are quite a heavy band do you go okay let's do let's go for like a stout or something like that and we have like the skints who are more of a ska reggae band you're like let's go something summery fruity yeah or, I mean but you might be saying all that stuff now because you already know what we did I literally <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you did with Heck I kind of know what you did with the skints yeah um kind of but it's it's kind of you kind of guessing about what you think they will like and yeah, what you think that how much they care about what their fans will like, yeah. and how much it fits with their whole thing, and and um, and yeah, I'm, I'm always always been surprised. It's been really really good. Has anyone come up to you like I, I like seafood? <laughs> I, want, I want an oyster heck, beer. Heck wanted to do one with like gravy in it. <laughs> they were like, "Can we use beef stock?" And I was like, uh, "It would be a first <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you tried? Have you done like any non-alcoholic ones with bands like H two O's, like the, the straight edge bands? Have you thought about doing like a? Um, we've, it's quite hard to make non-alcoholic beer yeah. that tastes nice. Um, you need a bit more technology than we actually have. Um, but it's definitely come up. But it's kind of. I don't know. I think the market for it sounds really corporate. The the the, the amount of people that would want it is quite small. Yeah. For 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 what we're doing at this for the size of what we are, of what we're doing, we have to focus on stuff that we're kind of good at. So I'm I'm definitely would love to do it. We're about to do it. We're doing a three percent beer tomorrow, um, with uh, the famous punk band Hospital Records, um, for part of their um, they've got a big festival coming up yeah. in September and. Yeah, that's like a really you know table call it table beer, so low ABV. I mean, you've done a lot with festivals because you didn't you you went to Manchester Punk Festival recently. Yeah. You did Slam Dunk, Arc Tangent. I don't know if you did Two Thousand Trees. Yeah, we did as well. So what what's your connection? How come you got involved with those festivals? Is it like well, we're already known for the band, so why aren't we getting involved with the people who put on bands? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just part of our um, mission. Is like get you know getting great beer in front of people who are having a great time with some music and it just makes total sense i mean festivals are often some of the worst places for i mean yeah reading reading and leeds yeah it's pretty terrible even now because those deals are so big so much money the big brands want your good time to be associated with their thing i can't i think it's too bog at the moment for reading and leeds but um but yeah so so it just makes total sense and people people are crying out for it you know the first time we did slam dunk uh, was last year, uh, two thousand and seventeen, and yeah, people. I mean, this is not an exaggeration. This is not a lie. But I saw people walk up to our bar with a pint of lager they bought from. I, don't, I can't remember actually what lager it was, but throwing it on the ground <laughs> and just being like, "Yes," you know, and coming up to our bar and buying 
pint of roadie or, or pint of backstage and being like oh I'm so happy that you guys are here um, so you know that kind of reaction just spurs us on to go and try and find more places where we can we can do that so and at that point are you behind a bar or are you more like manager or are you just getting pissed in the backstage area <laughs> all of the above <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I mean I'm definitely I'll definitely get me I'm, I think all the festivals you just mentioned I ended up working a little bit behind the bars and setting it up and you know I know how to build a bar and make the beer come out of the taps and all that sort of stuff but also we did loads of cool stuff at um, some of those festivals as well where I'd get involved and we you know myself and John and some of the guys we chat to be, be chatting to bands and making content and making videos and stuff so yeah. just try and get involved with that but also just try and have fun as well you know go see some bands when I was just a skinny lad on holiday by the sea I met a girl in a rancid shirt the tapes he gave to me with a black flag first four years in the mind of thread discography and fun grog saved my life going down the red eye back in 1998 hanging out with household names and staying out too late this angry adolescent found an outlet for his hate and John used to work at Kerrang. Yes. So how did you get someone who was working in a music magazine and how did you sell the idea of come work with us and beer and create our content? Because you've got a strong identity in in your uh, marketing with your uh, labelling of your beers, with the backstage, uh, on the cans and um, your videos are very like cool and slick and your your website like, looks good as a website I mean how how, yeah, how he'd, much, lo- he'd love to hear all this <laughs> <laughs> how much is that like in the back of your mind and why did you go to John then was it were you really wanted someone who was involved in music well I mean John has been involved in in the room since the very beginning yeah. really um, and um, he's just one of my best mates so that's I mean that's couldn't make it sound like I really tried and poached him and recruited him but he just had a hand in what we've been doing since the very start and um, he's kind of seen it seen it go from nothing to, to where it is now it was just yeah, kind of one of my mates when we who I chatted to about it when we started um, we lived together for a few years um, so he was kind of getting front row seats about what we were doing um, and he also he worked at so after Krang he worked at uh, did all the socials for Star Wars Nice. Um, so that's that's what it's kind of he's been doing for the last few years. But yeah, he's still involved in Krang, so works for them and stuff. And yeah, he's just you know perfect person to have involved. Kind of he understands both sides of it and understands really um, deeply what we're trying to do. Yeah, and and he's part of that. So here we go. Here's a magazine question for you: If you were gonna do a beer for any punk band, ska, hardcore, which band would be the one that you would go? I want to do a beer for them. And what would that beer be? Wow, okay. Straight straight in there. I should have like a pre prepared. I would have thought you'd been asked this question before, so I thought you'd well, yeah, I'm, I'm just really I'm really rubbish at this because because last the first time someone ever asked me that, yeah. it happened. So Who was that then? So it was like we were like what band I think it was like we, we just started out, we just did a beer, we'd we'd done I think the third beer we were done was with um 
uh, Craig Finn from The Hold Steady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy and amazing musician. I love The Hold Steady. I love all of his solo stuff. And after that came out, I don't know. I think because we were like, we were the first ones to really do band beers, collaborations, um, the press that we got at the beginning was mental. So like we were in Rolling Stone and I got interviewed like for MTV like their website and what that was one of the questions and I was like oh I'd love to work with Mastodon and I was just kind of super into Mastodon at that point <laughs> and um, we were talking about who would be great you know, great band to work with and then that they heard that their management and then it happened so I can't promise that will happen yeah. <laughs> with whatever band you're about to say now um, I don't know one of the things that's, that's, that, that I'm trying really hard to do is that obviously me and me and John are like best mates and Tom's one of the best mates and he's my cousin lots of the people here we all kind of listen to quite similar music yeah you know Tim who you're, I'll introduce to uh, shortly he's one of the brewers here and Shikari are his favourite band of all time yeah and and what I'm trying hard to do is kind of reach out a little bit outside we could just spend our whole time doing punk yeah. bands you know what I mean and I feel like doing doing a beer with like Mill and Colin are one of my favourite punk bands ever and doing a beer with them hanging out with them creating releasing a beer with them and, and that that was one of the that was, that was one of the most surreal processes ever um, I'm trying hard to kind of make sure that it's diverse enough so that the people on the other end we're not just this band we're not just this brewery that just works with all bands that we like yeah I know I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to dodge a question so, again. no no so but, would you work with like grime is that like a grime artist something yeah, like I mean, high in your so, opinion or? so earlier uh, towards the end of last year sort of October November last year we created a beer with Rodney P yeah who's like super seminal hip hop artist super influential any any UK hip hop person fucking Stormzy to Tiny Temper any of these guys will know who he is because he was in um, the first ever kind of hip hop group called London Posse and they toured in the UK with uh, NWA and that kind of era and he's such an uh, iconic figure you know we've got him in here mashing you know mashing in he's got his fancy shoes on and he's just you know working around the brewery for a whole day and it's <laughs> and that was great because that hit you know that allows us to get in front of new people yeah um um, but yeah, I guess um, t- so. And, and just uh, last week, we announced we're doing a beer with Alt J, who you know, super kind of super cool. They've won the Mercury Prize, yeah. and you know, I've I like indie darlings, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're just trying not to make it so it's just punk. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, to answer your question, is that because Brewdog might see you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I one of my old. Uh, clients in my old uh, my old job was um, Pill, so got to meet John Lydon a few times, and I've always thought about like just contacting him. And, I mean, he he didn't. Whenever I talked to him, he didn't seem to be interested. Too it's much not butter, in. that's why. Yeah, yeah, he's selling butter. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wonder if he made a beer with us and we called it Punk IPA. What what kind of what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't we haven't got the lawyers. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> the Brewdog are definitely lawyered up ready yeah, for yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of crazy that I don't know if you remember there was that open letter to Brewdog and like Slaves signed it and lots of bands signed it saying you can't copyright the word punk, yeah. and it just seemed to have no impact. Like I was like, fucking hell, this is big. Yeah, and I was interested to see, interested to see what happened, and what happened was nothing. Brewdog have got a million PRs and you know a million uh, lawyers. You know, I, I 
I'd love to know. I'd love to know. I'd love to ask someone like you to ask them what their favourite punk bands are. Well, they're on yeah. my list. They're, 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 yeah. I've, I've approached Brewdog a couple of times and I've never got back to me. A, also, I'm worried because it's called Punks and Pubs. I'm thinking they might sue me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're definitely on my list because I don't want, I like, I do, basically, I, I had a question which basically asked you about Brewdog because they are also trying to, like you said, their brand is built essentially on the word punk. Punk was the thing that kind of everyone associated with Brewdog with Punk yeah, yeah. IPA. And now they've, they've, um, they've got huge, they're, they're massive now. And with their equity, equity scheme, like they've, they've, they're growing and growing and growing. They've mm. had to go and get a brewery in America. But at what point does a brewery stop becoming a microbrewery? Like, at what point do they stop becoming a craft brewery? Because surely now they are part of the... Are they called Deloitte's? Is that the name of the, the guys who make Stella and Budweiser? And like those kind of massive brand beers. Surely Brewdog now are like eating at their heels not Budweiser because obviously they're massive but they're, they're now they surely can't now be seen as a, a a craft beer company because craft means small it means local it means no um, you look at me very confused I know I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you confused because I'm now about to have to defend Brewdog <laughs> um, um, I think you mean uh, Diageo is the yes, com- so, yeah. so they own lots of brands including Guinness Um Budweiser is owned by a company called AB InBev, and and I think that the Bruno made a small sort of hole for themselves. In, in the scheme of the world beer thing, then they're tiny. They're still yeah. tiny, and they still fit into the American definition of what craft craft beer is. So in the UK, we don't have a set definition of what is craft and what isn't. But in America, they have. You make above a certain amount of liters per year, you're not craft. That's a fact, and you can't be part of the club. And it's very it's a, bit, it's a bit more serious over there about what is and what isn't because yeah. the big companies are so dominated whereas the UK scene is more kind of fragmented so it's definitely dominated by you know the AB InBevs and the cores of the world um, but then it's also got companies like Fuller's who are I think they're yeah, the publicly listed company but still owned on the board of you know on the, the CEO or whatever on the board are people from the family and there's Ten of those around the UK that own loads of pubs in a little area, and they're called like family brewers. So, and they've got rich heritage, and it's really hard to point at them and go, "Oh, you're an evil corporation," <laughs> even though some of them do dodgy things, whatever. So, it's kind of a bit more diverse in the UK, and how and how Brewdog sort of fit into it is is kind of up for debate, really. Um, how I sort of see see them is that they've made a big point about being like fuck the big guy and that's because that's they've, that's what they've taken punk punk mm. punk is against the establishment and I think that they've sort of running up against it now where they've become they've become the establishment they've become Green Day yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a bad place to be you know yeah. you know and and do you like their early hits and some of the early stuff they did I mean I don't know but I think it's uh, it's difficult for for them, but they've just they've just they're just going in one direction and they're going so fast and fair play to them. Like you know, I, like I say, I, I I disagree with some stuff that they've done, and I think some of the stuff they've done is good, and I think lots of their beers are good, are, are really good. You know, the, I've had all kinds of beers from them, um, but overall, I think they can be credited with pushing up the quality hmm. in of of craft beer and kind of you know. Being being the first ones to introduce 
American ideas and kind of concepts that were already in action in America, bringing them to the UK. That's that's the genius of what of what they did, and and that allowed everyone else to kind of toe on behind it. But there was tons of tons of innovation innovation and interesting stuff happening in the UK when they were doing that. But I think they were just the ones that kind of got the they got the uh, imagination of the press and they're in the press all the time now even people slagging them up they're still in the press yeah you know and it's it's you know that's been their kind of operating their mo for for the whole time is just do outrageous stuff to get people to talk about them and back it up with great beer that's their that's their model and and i think you know using the word punk is that punk i don't know Signature Brew. You guys did a zine recently. <laughs> yes. How has that been received? And because your first issue, well, you, you focused it on punk, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. It was all about punk. So why wasn't I invited? <laughs> <laughs> and um, why why did you go? Like I know you said that everyone here is a punk fan, but why did you go punk as your go to? Um, so we wanted to we wanted to release it at Manchester Punk Festival. Oh, okay. And kind of we we had you know we had some content that we could create with with bands that we'd work with, and it seemed like a really sensible place to excuse me to uh, to put it out. So that's that was kind of the the um, the idea behind it. And you know we were promoting a beer at the time that we just released the beer with. Uh, light year so yeah it made made loads of sense um and it was so popular you know we we still haven't got around to making issue two yet um <laughs> but i think yeah we're definitely going to do it but there's always tons of stuff happening but um but yeah it was really well received and and i i i just learned the whole time you know the whole time about the world of zines people are super into zines yeah, whole... that's my question like did you ne- never read them when you were growing up was it not something that was around you yeah kind of like you know fracture back in the day but and like skate magazines and stuff but yeah. big cheese yeah 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 um but but yeah I, I can remember sort of seeing zines around and when I was when I was younger but and reading them but yeah I I, I haven't it's, to me it's not been a thing that's been in my life for loads of years and people so into the idea of physical mm-hmm. thing um which is one of the reasons I think people have got so into craft beer 
because mm. it's just a physical fucking thing that but people... each can now is like a piece of art like yeah. the, the, the the styles and, and the graphics that are on there are just beautiful and, so mm. and like sometimes I don't even look at the beer I just buy it because I like like the can yeah really. absolutely um, is that something that you're very aware of as well like because I know you guys have done some um, you don't just stick like you, you're I won't is it called like I'm about to use your beer name as a signature brew but is that what you would call the, the, like your backstages and, and uh, uh, so that's kind of like the core range core range so uh, we do have a proper name for it um, and they're the kind of they've got four beers that are always available um, Roadie Studio Pilsner Backstage IPA and Nightliner and they've all got kind of their own identities and their own stories and their own reasons for being and then we've got special guests yeah which are the 440 mil um, uh, foil tops um, seasonal beers and then we have main support which is beer. we have a chart somewhere I can show it to you <laughs> um, beers that kind of come in and out throughout the year that, that are a bit more um, interesting ones and then we have the collaborations as well I, I know you need to get back to work so you <laughs> should be working um, but what is for the future Like, are there bands that you talk to now about you going 2019 we want to work with free bands or yeah. 2019 we want to um maybe do your own festival I don't know like what plans do you, you long term hopefully when this comes out we've got a crowdfunding campaign that's about to launch in two and a half weeks and um, we hopefully we're going to move to a new site um, which is bigger than all of our kind of combined units and they're in one place which makes it easier um, hopefully going to open a couple of bars uh, that should be open by December hopefully fingers crossed do you more venue you're going to stay local in London yeah, yeah you know? two places in London yep Um hopefully and yeah uh, we're going to hopefully do a redesign as well so that should launch sort of start of next year and in terms of bands for next year we're kind of still still looking and still trying to think about what what would be good and what the, who are the right people for us to work with lots of things going on perfect well thanks for your time Sam and no um, thanks for doing this and I hope to talk to you soon yeah, cheers man cool cheers thank you to Sam for taking the time to talk to me and like I said in the intro I spoke about how you the listener could actively get involved in the continuing rise of Signature Brew. Sam and Tom are looking for investment to move to a new state-of-the-art brew house so they can treble their capacity as well as open up two new tap rooms to showcase their beers and put on live shows. To do that they need money obviously and they have set up a crowd queue page where you the listener can invest as little as £10 or as big as a quarter
quarter of a million pounds, if you happen to have that in your back pocket, into Signature Brew's long-term venture. For more information, click the link in the description part of this podcast or go to the Punks and Pubs socials on Insta, Twitter and Facebook at Punks and Pubs or merely go to the Signature Brew website, which is signaturebrew.co.uk. If you're not ready for the world of investment, then just go buy their beer and help them that way. Thank you to Steve Burke, as always, for audio assistance. Steve has created a fantastic video for our one-year birthday. So keep your eyes peeled to our socials at Punks and Pubs for that. Please go rate and review. I see that no one did that this week on the iTunes podcast site. So shame on you. You can make up for that by going to rate and review right now. And also send a WhatsApp message to five of your friends that says, Hey, mate, I think you'll love this. You can thank me later. Insert your name. Obviously, not me. You're writing the message. But before I completely leave you for this week, let me introduce you to the band playing out this week's pod. They are called Watashiwa Dance Party. They hail from San Diego, so check them out if you live in that area. This track is called Really Over from their new EP, Skate Pop Suicide. That's it from me. If you go into a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up. Until next time, bye-bye. I'm sorry I hurt you And I'm sorry I'm laughing It's not like I meant to Cause we never meant nothing When you see the pictures you know that it's really over It's real.